Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Hello, everybody. I am up at the Fringe. I'm in Edinburgh. I'm sitting in the lounge of where I'm staying. The lovely Sandra is putting us up. Wonderful lady with a beautiful dog called Uther. Wonderful Doberman. It just He's got the biggest head in the world. Always smash my knees off when he comes running at you. Good dog doing good things. Um, big shout out to our patrons. Thank you so much, everybody, for helping us keeping the lights on. Your, your wonderful uh, donations really help us out. Um, and thank you to our new patrons for joining us. Welcome aboard. Uh, we don't want to wang on about it too much, but uh, what we will say to you is this. If you want to see the episode, this episode, you want to see the video of this, uh, it is exclusive to our patrons. So if you want to see what Al Murray, and he's our guest this week, you want to see what Al Murray, see what his, see what his room looks like when we were talking to him, the video is exclusively available to our patrons. So become a patron, then you can see the video. How about that? All right. So our guest this week, um, he's going to be up at the Fringe, actually, at the end of the Fringe. Uh, I've seen the posts up for him already. Uh, my, my show starts. My show starts today. So I'm a bit I'm a bit edge, on the edge, a bit nervous. I'm also going to be a hedgehog in Phil Ellis's show. Uh, his show called Hedgehog. And he realised, when he got up here, there's no hedgehogs in it. So I'm going to be a hedgehog. And I'm going to come on and be a hedgehog in his show. So I'm going to do that later on. So if you're in Edinburgh and you... you Come and see me just as a hedgehog. Uh, it's going to be good. But um, yeah, uh, Al Murray is our guest, the pub landlord, Al Murray. I've been a massive fan of Al Murray ever since I can remember, really. He's always been kind of involved in the TV shows that I was watching when I was growing up. Um, uh, I'm mean, actually growing up, he's my age. So, you know, he's, he's better. See, but it was good to see him like morph into what became the pub landlord. And so it was an absolute... I was beside myself with happiness when producer Paul said, Al Murray's coming on. Um, and so I was a bit nervous, you know, because when you, when you admire someone like that, you're kind of like, oh, I don't want to fuck it up. And uh, I didn't. It was bloody marvellous. We had such a good chat. He's such a sweet, sweet man. We, 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 talk, we cover all manner of bases. It's been, it was fantastic. So, with that in mind, coming up in a minute is Al Murray. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. Insane in the membrane. Hi. <laughs> Good to see you. Good to see you. What Likewise. a wonderful Likewise. setup you've got, mate. Look at that. Well, I, you know, um, uh... I so I've got I've got a little home studio. There's a drum kit over there. Because I'm a I'm a I'm a Monkey musician, a wannabe musician. So that's why I've got all, all the gear. No idea. That's the <laughs> the deal, basically. <laughs> Who's your favourite drummer of all time? Uh, Phil Collins in his pomp. Oh, back in yeah, the day. nice. Before, before he became a pop star. Yeah. When he yeah, was, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mine was always Stuart Copeland. Oh yeah, absolutely. But that's but the, the thing is, yeah. Um, those answers betray vintage. Because um, there, uh, there are an awful lot of people since then who are really, really great, but I'm not much interested. Because <laughs> I'd, I'd say Phil Collins, Stuart Copeland, you know, in the kind of in the they're in the same breath, really. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny because I, I drummed for a bit. I wasn't. I was. I was just. Just wasn't. Oh, really? Yeah. My yeah. youngest son's a drummer. He's a he's a BIM in Bristol. Oh wow! He's, he's, he's really? A, yeah, he's a great drummer. And uh, oh, fantastic. Yeah. That's cool. I always, my dad said it sounded like someone trying to push a shed down the stairs when I drummed. So, <laughs> well, my dad never offered an opinion. So, I mean, maybe you should have done. I mean, I, I'm, I'm an enthusiastic amateur. Is the is the way I see it. There we go. But like uh, saying, all the gear, no idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to see you. Oh, it's good to see you. Yes, I am up in Edinburgh. Likewise. The person I'm staying with, actually, and you were just talking about yep. off air. You were talking about not remembering the nineties as you should have. Because what a time to be alive. Um, <laughs> she remembers getting drunk with you and Harry in Jersey about 30 years ago. Ended up who's, this, about his, who's this lady? Her name's Sandra, Scottish lady. Uh, and she remembers getting drunk I, I mean, I, I imagine so. I do remember getting drunk in, in Jersey with Harry Hill. We yeah. played some sort of um, art centre and, and there was no, obviously there was nowhere to go. So we yeah. got pissed. That was but, it. Um, ah. Oh, yeah, yeah, is she a comedian now? Or are you just no, staying no, in her no. flat? She's we're just staying in her staying in her house. She's a very generous oh. lady. And uh yeah, she said that she'd gone off and had a conversation about enlightenment. Yeah. Either, yeah it might have been you or Harry. Right. <laughs> that would have been me. That would have been me. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about the enlightenment. Yeah. <laughs> Thirty years ago that was you all, all yeah. Yeah, bright yeah, eyed and too much. <laughs> What I have noticed up here, though, we're having a bit mm. of a, I came up here Wednesday and a bit of a wander yeah. around. And I've, clocked, I've clocked a couple of shows. Everybody's, everybody's, everybody's talking about mental health 
up here now. Yeah. Every show yeah. is ADHD yeah. and, and this and the other, and it's quite astonishing how many people are suddenly having a thing. Yeah. I, mean, I know. Make, I mean, I saw the article about ADHD. And I thought I need to get me some of that to get in a paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in the arts, mate. You probably got it. Well, the, well, it seemed to be. It seemed to be um, uh, a lot of a lot of what a lot. I mean, this, this this article that's in the in the Times. It seemed to be that a lot of it kind of fits. The requirements um, uh, yeah. of a of a stand up comic, perhaps. I mean, it's not to say, not to say because I always because I uh, I'm always I'm always a bit wary of the whole kind of um, you know comedians are all we all want to we are all terribly unhappy and uh, we're all you know it's Tony Hancock basically because yeah. Tony Hancock um, uh, took his life. We're there's there's a kind of implication that we're all supposed to want to do that <laughs> and um, obviously um, you know I'm not I'm not I'm not much interested and uh, you, you, but you know what I mean. There is this sort of there is this and the sad clown and the Pagliacci joke and all that and all that sort of stuff. But it does seem that reading that ADHD thing, it did it did. I mean, it did, you know, lo I'm not a fan of self-diagnosis, but it did sound like, all oh, right, okay, so there's sort of this sort of magpie mind thing where you're, you're grabbing bits and pieces of things and, mm. and you're moving on all the time. I mean, one of the requirements of stand-up is to sort of keep moving and not get stuck and, uh, uh, and all that sort of thing. If you're going to make what you... If you're going to last, that's, that's unfortunately what you have to do. Yeah, you have to ditch all your good jokes and come up with some new ones, you know. Well, this is it. I remember having a conversation with someone years ago and just saying, oh, I'm... I'm fed up with my material and I want to do something else. And it was like, well, go on then. <laughs> it's, just, it's all on you. Who is it? It's not like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just write some, write some more. Yeah. You know, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Do what you did you before, know. but do it differently. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, but that, but that, I mean, I, you know, I think sometimes as a stand up, you're in permanent difficult, difficult second album mode for your, you know, cause the, the first stuff you write, you, you, you tend to arrive at quite slowly and it's a kind of, and, and the thrill of discovering that you can make it work. And then the, you know, then you've got to, you know, if you've got any sense after a fringe, you tear the thing up and you start again, you just start again. I mean, mm. maybe you're touring the old one, but you start another one. Right. But, um, you know, so, so you're in permanent difficult second album sort of state, <laughs> um, after the initial thrill of discovering you make people laugh and the, and the, um, appalling kind of damage that does to your ego and that, um, <laughs> then you have to realize you have to keep pumping the balloon up to keep it floating. It, just <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Do you find it easy? Cause I mean, the pub landlord just, it just, mm. I mean, it just became so, it, it's such a huge character. Do you find it yeah. easier to write now that it's all the, the, the pub landlord is almost a, a real person all of, of his own? Well, yeah. I mean, it's funny. I was talking to John Robbins the other day, um, and we we're talking about coming up, coming up to Edinburgh. He says, "Oh, it's great, you know, because it's already sold out. So you, the minute that they're there to see you, that he's, you know, you're no longer you're sort of on probation for a really long time when you start out. The yeah. audiences, the audiences have got you on probation, and they'll revoke that probation if you if you say boring for five minutes, <laughs> that, that, you know, that, 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 or whatever. You know what I mean? And and once you're well known." Um, that all kind of dissipates. There'll be other old person who turns out and goes, well, I heard you were good and it turns out you're shit. But, but, but I am blessed that I've been, I'm very fortunate. I've been doing this thing such a long time. Mm. The blazer is really well recognised. The style is, I mean, what I find quite funny is every now and again, someone pops up on Twitter and goes, look at you, you, you kip arsehole. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Like, how long do I need to have done this? Or you're fat Tory. Like, how long do I need to have done this? 
for you to figure for for people to figure out what's going on here. And I don't, I sort of I don't mind that people don't get it because because lots of people don't get lots of things, and you know not every you can get a joke and not like it. That's fine too. You know what I mean? But it's just yeah. the people who sort of after all this time, you know, like, of course it's an act. Ah, what do you mean? Don't make me don't make me explain it. You know when you know when. Um, <laughs> you're dealing with someone and in the end you feel like you, you've got to say, oh, please don't make me, please don't make me say this. Please don't make me say the yeah. thing where you, where you say, you're basically like, have you, have you switched it on yet? Or have you, have you, you know what I mean? Have you, have you checked that the boiler's switched on? You know, there's no hot water. Yeah. Have you checked that? Don't make me, don't make me fucking say it. And sometimes with the pub landlord, I feel like, don't make me, please don't make me say it. You yeah. know, don't make me say it. But anyway, no, I'm very, I'm very, very lucky, you know, and, and, um, that, and that's just that's just sort of um, sort of perseverance and bloody mindedness and sticking around and and also and also although people always say to me oh, it's the same we, we, you know where have you it, it hasn't changed he hasn't changed much no. but the material every time I go out with a new tour title it's a different show I mean it re it really really is like, yeah. hand on hand on heart it, hand on Absolutely. heart it really is but you know what can you do P people make your mind up about you. Well, this time I heard someone, someone said to me once ago, yeah, but that's probably the real him and he's using it to voice his real views. <laughs> and you're going, you're not listening to, you're not even listening to what the character's saying or how he says it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, given that, given that it's full of tripwires anyway for itself, yeah. um, uh, you know, it's full of, he, can, he cancels himself out all the time. So, so what, if they, those are my real views... They're my real views that cancel themselves out. Eh? What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. And anyway, it, it's just supposed to be a piece of entertainment. So, um, uh, in, yeah. it, 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 uh, in first principles and in last principles, what's in between is inside the sandwich is different. But like, it's just meant to be. It's just a piece of entertainment. <laughs> no, <laughs> leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> what I did, I remember the first time I saw you, and your and and seeing you since. Your crowd work yeah. is phenomenal. How oh, thank you just, you just, it's just how you just scoop each of them up and then you remember, you go back and you just, because that's, because yeah. now what I've noticed, people respond more when it's about the audience. They, they want it yeah. more. I, I don't yeah. know if that's because society's changing. They, they're a bit more self-involved or whatever. I don't know. But, Maybe. You know, but they seem to love it. And they love, and when you do it, it's, it's next level. You know, just well, thanks. That's very sweet. That's very sweet you to say, Rich. I mean, I it's a thing I really, it's a thing I, I really, really worked on at one point. I actually put a concerted effort into trying to figure out how to do it. Um, but also, you, you, it, you also want it to not be. You want it to be like being a play. Um, you know, you like the piano. You like you've done your scales, so you're not you're not playing scales. You know how to do it. You just know where the notes are, and you, and and you sort of want it to. I've, I really want to work. I wanted to work hard for it to be like that. But because of the character, because he would do that. He would come on and go because he doesn't belong on a stage. He would no. come on and go. Who the fuck are you? And um, <laughs> what's your name? What do you do? Jesus Christ! What a waste of time. And after he's just a barman. So like, you know, I've got. Brain surgeons, I've called time wasters. So, so <laughs> you know what I mean. So, yeah. so it's the thing because it, it, he's because he's judgy of everything. So the minute you when you do a thing, you don't have to explain it. You know, you, you know, it's this idea of action as character. So by doing it, you're you're, you're showing what he's like without yeah. having to tell any jokes necessarily. Because sometimes writing jokes for characters to set them up is quite a high wire activity. Because I used to. I used to have a joke um, 
way back right when i was first doing it in the again it probably when i was having a conversation with your flatmate um uh, back in the <laughs> 90s i used to have this joke which would be i do this stuff and then i go well look, look hold on i'm all for equality that's why i let my female staff work longer so they can earn the same as the men right i'm not sexist it was the joke right yeah and every now and again someone will go you sexist pig in a in a club and you think oh god but that would be that that'd be it'll be over then um and there'll be no there'll be no getting the thing back on its legs after that kind of disruption right because yeah. the you know the, the the pub landlord thinks he's saying the right thing but it's the wrong thing because he's a because he contradicts himself because that's yeah. part of the joke anyway so i used to so i used to find it a real high wire to like do an opening bit that would set the character up well enough so actually simpler to come on and show what he's like by having him talk to people and and it and it fits him so it's so it's it's sort of luckily it's it's a kind of it's a kind of dual purpose thing although in recent years i've sort of i've moved it around and i've now they know who i am i can come on and do opening stuff because they know what to expect from me so i've actually the last sort of two three shows i have done i've come on and gone hello and then done a 15 minute what we're going to do tonight and then but before i do all that i need to get to know who you are and then yeah and then you see them all. You see them all shit themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't take any prisoners. Like Straight in, yeah. <laughs> well, why, 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 why? You know, given the character, he wouldn't, would he? So, and you know, and also, I mean, it's really a long time ago. I did a did a thing with with Dawn French, right? And um, Clonk, and she wanted to sort of talk about what we were going to do. It was on my old talk show. We didn't used to tell the guests anything. We used to just ambush them relentlessly. Yeah, and because uh, that was the best way to get a, a proper reaction out of them, see if they had a sense of humour about themselves, rather than give them warning and say, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do that. Anyway, she said, so we had a little chat about it, and because she was a comedian, I thought, I, we'll let this go for a comic. Mm. And we talked through it, and she goes, oh, right, oh, I get it, You're just here to, we're just here to play, aren't we? We're just here to play together. It's just We're just playing. Yeah. And, you think, and the minute you think of it like that, all that stuff about what can you say, what can't you say, comes back to the idea that you and the audience trust each other yes they trust you you trust them the people that in your life make you laugh are the people you trust right yeah. or you gain their trust through laughter because that's actually what laughter is about it's about trust it's not about surprise timing being edgy being rude um uh, being absurd talking about yourself it's about trust yeah and Whenever people discuss comedy, they leave that out, and and that's why they misunderstand. That's why they so often misunderstand yeah. what's going on and how it all works. Because after all, an edgy comic, his audience trusts him to say terrible things mm. because that's what that's the deal, right? And they trust yeah. him, and he trusts them. He trusts them to to understand that's what's going on. Yeah. You know, I, I, you watch Frankie Boyle. The whole point of the whole point of what he's doing is what he's doing, and they know that. He knows that. That's the, the the game they're playing together, the yeah. act of trust together. The same with with you know at the other end of the scale, say Michael McIntyre. You know, and, and and the real edgy moment would be if Michael did Frankie stuff and Frankie did Michael stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, show and, that the, and they both well exactly, and they both broke trust with their audiences, and then it wouldn't be funny anymore. No. Right? And I always think people people just forget about this because they need to race to the idea of oh whether edgy is you know one of the comedy needs to be edgy that's no 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 it's one of the means to the ends and the ends is to make people laugh that's and i always think time. people just yeah. i just think it's really frustrating when I, whenever especially when you read an article in a newspaper and you think 
right okay this is all fine but you've completely left out how this actually works yeah i've never you know, heard that before I, I, you're the first person that said it and I, since i've been doing comedy i've been in the industry 20 years you're the yeah. first person i've ever heard mention the word trust but that's okay. it yeah that's it and the thing is when you're an open spot you have to come on and bargain for your trust <laughs> and then when you're a full spot literally right yeah. and then when you're a full, uh, 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 and then when you're a full spot you've kind of got your trust and when you're you know when you're well known like me the audience basically trusts you yeah. right and understands what the deal is and all this sort of thing and i think this is why when people when people do talk about you know um because because you know there's this recent legislation in scotland about what you can and can't say right and the problem is when it talks about comedians it leaves out the, the fact that the audience trusts the comic, the comic trusts the audience. That's yeah. the deal. And if the, you know, you can, you, you're, we all have our own edge rather than there is an edge, right? Yes. You know, my set has its edge. My character has its edge, which I can fall off, right? And yours does too. Yeah. And other people's do. So there are, there are as many edges as there are comedians. So there's no point talking about edgy comedy. It's just, it's, it's, it's just... meaningless. <laughs> That's so true. It is true. I've never heard that before. Um, well, no one ever asks me is the thing. I, whenever those articles about, whenever you see those articles about comedy, you think, why don't you talk to some fucking comics about this? Yeah. Right? They've yeah, been around yeah. a really long time. Rather than people who are in an audience once who've discovered they don't really like going to comedy. <laughs> 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 Uh, <laughs> which is which is what these things often are you know Off, yeah just sort of like rush <laughs> rush through they grab the nearest person what do you think of this yeah. oh well it's this all right thanks for coming and yeah, it yeah. just yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> well the other thing i like about your stuff is that there is when you there is an intelligence there i'm not patronizing you i mean you've obviously you. studied you've obviously you're you're, you're very like some of the stuff you talk about um like historic stuff and you the details that you go into and you're like and that's not that's not just you just sat flicking through a big book i imagine i mean you sounds like you've studied it uh, you know at length yeah you, you some know. of it yeah some of it i mean i always think that you know that the, the, sometimes the thing to do is show an ankle and they assume there's a leg there you know what i mean <laughs> um, <laughs> i used to do i used to do a thing um where I do a whole load in German, right? I do a whole load of stuff in German. Yeah. And people are going, oh my God, he speaks fluent German. I don't, my sister does. So I basically, I mean, I'd use Google Translate now rather than waste her time. <laughs> I, you know, I, I needed I needed sort of four or five sentences. So I just, I wrote to her, I go, can you tell me how this goes, right? In German. And I learned it, right? And and as a result, people are going, my God, he speaks fluent German. I don't. I could, <laughs> I could speak the, I could speak the, you know, the eight phrases she'd given me. But, but like, a, yeah, I mean, sometimes there is some history stuff where, yeah, it, it comes from the thing I'm interested in as much as anything else. But, but I'm also, the other thing I really, because I'm interested in history, the thing I'm really interested in is what people think history is and what they think, what they think they know and what, <laughs> what exists in the sort of in the cultural discourse rather than in what they're telling each other at university you know because i think that's the that's the for a comedian that's the stuff that's fun to play with you know yeah, after yeah, all yeah. um you know the the pandemic it was inevitably compared to the second world war inevitably because there are only two things in history that we know about in britain that's the second world war and henry the eighth you couldn't <laughs> compare the pandemic you couldn't compare the pandemic to anne boleyn <laughs> <laughs> so that is why they always go back to that or, or when we won the world cup yeah. in 66 and it's just those yeah, yeah. Or, or the world or the world cup in 66 that's basically 
That's basically it. They're the, they're the, it's certainly in English in English culture. I mean, obviously in Scotland it's slightly different, but not much, right? <laughs> um, you know, uh, 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 so you've got that. I mean, I think it's really funny that. So because because it's because at one point during Brexit, people were going, "Oh, this is just like when Henry VIII broke the Church of Rome." You're like, "Oh, for fuck's sake! That's five hundred years ago. Some other things have happened that you might be able to compare it with, but but this is the only one you know about. Yeah, and you can't compare it to and you can't compare it to D Day. So that's why you." <laughs> what they don't talk about as well they talk about the second world war they talk about blitz spirit and everyone came together yeah. and they go oh, it was the same as the pandemic everyone and it, they didn't didn't people didn't come no. together on a no. thursday they no. did but then after that yeah they were back yeah. to they were back to running around like the zombies were outside yeah. but, but that but that's the same with the second world war so if you look at you look at there's there's a really there's a really amazing book by a woman called uh Oh, God. Miller Panty Davis, I think. Uh, Millie Panty Davis, I think that was her name. Anyway, so she was writing a, New she was writing a London diary for the New Yorker or something in 1939, all the way through the war, right? Yeah. And she's going on about, she sat in a pub in early 1940, people are going, I'm not going to stick to this blackout. This blackout is totally stupid. Why should I have to do that? Why are they rationing fuel? Nothing's really kicked off yet. This is a complete pain in the ass, right? And that, so basically, they're complaining because yeah. although, although, it's 80 years ago, and we're obviously not the same country. It's the thing George Orwell says, when you look at a picture of yourself when you're five, that's you, right? But you're not yeah. that person anymore, but that is you. And so the, this country's a bit like that, you know, a bit like, it's a bit like a picture of the five-year-old in the 1940s. The sort of argumentative tendencies, the grumbling, the groaning, the people who know better, you know, all that, that's right. That's all going on all the way through the Second World War. Yes, we did pull together, but kind of in a like, oh, fucking hell, have we got to do this, have we? Way. <laughs> and an awful lot of people finding ways to not. So, you know, I mean, just... <laughs> you know, the, cra the, cra the craze father hid in the, in the coal hole for the whole of the war to avoid Yes, he did. So. Yes, he did. It's that. It's that they make it sound like they were, they were all running down the street and knocking on doors going, come on, we've got to go to the underground station. Quickly now, <laughs> gathering people. We're really like, oh, for fuck's sake. We've got... <laughs> Nicking things off each other, nicking whatever you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like they, they make out like you, yeah. you got your rations, and, you, and, and nobody stole from anybody else. Everybody just stuck to their. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, it'd be mad if they didn't. They wouldn't be human beings if that wasn't what wasn't going on. You know, so much of it. Anyway, but 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 yeah, I, I don't know how we ended up on that. But 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 basically, this is the thing. Is, is this is one of the things I'm interested about history? Is that you know we've got we're talking about exactly there how things like the Blitz are in the public discourse and they mean things, and then when you examine them, they they mean things, but they don't necessarily mean the things they're meant to mean. And when you yeah. you know, and, and like, like any proper piece of history it's like an onion you just keep peeling it and never you'll never get to the center no you never find out the truth no i find it interesting this what comes up what's been coming up the last few years is the talk about people being more fluid not just sex in their yeah. sexuality but just in their very being like you, you're neither good or bad you kind of yeah. wherever you're wherever you are you're at the moment at that yeah. moment in time you know you're you, you've been a bit shitty or you've been a bit moody or you've been great and you've been a bit of a legend but you're not yeah. one thing all the time. Well, no one. But 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 the thing is, is no one ever is. And so to it's a sort of to to test yourself against a thing that that isn't realistic. That you're that's how you that's how you drive yourself uh, yeah. crazy, isn't it? You know, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I find it fascinating all that because it's 
there is because you do you're making decisions every second every every millisecond all the way through your day like if I do yeah. that I'm going to do that if I do that do that do that do that, do that. you know and you do and, and, and at the minute with social media people are just shouting at each other constantly if you, oh. you it just it just gives me a fucking headache and you just yeah, I don't, yeah. I, 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 it's I, funny because I, I can get very it, it's the weirdest thing I get very sort of sometimes I get completely destabilised by seeing just the strangest small thing on a on a social media post where you see something, someone say something probably about me, right? <laughs> I'll see, and I think, I think what God. And then I carry it, could carry it around with me yeah. like for whole days thinking, Oh God, if I, I hadn't considered, but very often it's because, you know, I also, I chug along in my little bubble, assuring myself that um, everything's tickety boo. And then you see a thing and, and, and it may not be true or not, but you know, it's that thing of, Oh God, you know, someone thinks that, ah, yeah. damn. And you, and you, you, you hang on to it. I mean, it's like the, it's like the, you know, the bad reviews from 20 years ago, I can recite to you. I can't remember the good, the good ones. <laughs> we always hang on to the bad stuff. We do. It's yeah, I know. It's amazing. I used to have a, I used to have a, um, like a stage door correspondent who would send stuff. I'd get to a theater. There'd be an envelope for me written in this absolute, like stabby handwriting, like, like, sliding across the page yeah and what that person would do was tear reviews out of newspapers and send them to me and you'd get to the theater you get to the theater it'd be pinned to the pinboard coming at the stage door you'd see the handwriting and think, oh fucking hell here we go right and i remember once they'd sent me a two-star review right and and it and then i and i read it like two or three times and was convulsed with you know like and then go on stage with it going on in my head he you know he does this he does that all this sort of thing and you think why could I'd avoided reviews deliberately. This <laughs> this spider person had been sending them to me. I mean, maybe it was me, maybe the handwriting so bad because it was me in my sleep sending them to me as some sort of some sort of warning, you know. The real you just going like, just have a word with yourself. This is what's this is what's really going yeah. on. <laughs> exactly. Do you exactly. find this it? is who you really are? Yeah, yeah. This is it. You, know, you should be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> do you find it frustrating sometimes though because you the, 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 the pub landlord became has become such a big part of it's, everybody knows the pub landlord it's become a part yeah, of yeah. us like Mr Bean like it's a character everybody knows <laughs> you know Not I'm not comparing the two either I'm not doing that but yeah yeah, yeah. You know, but it's do you get frustrated sometimes when because I know I've seen you do shows before with other characters trying to do yeah. different things do you get a bit frustrated yeah, yeah. sometimes if another one doesn't catch or you like you know you love the pub land well yeah yeah i mean we did do we did do um a, a, another character show and 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 they didn't want any more of it and and i could we could we could have one of those boring paranoid conversations about well you know i was at a meeting and you know i said the wrong thing and all that you know all that sort of stuff and there was a new exec came in and there was a change of the guard and then i so saw i got ditched and blah, blah blah and they wanted they wanted jonathan ross instead or whatever i could we could have we could we could do we could do that but i, I did find it very frustrating because i i did i did think this is a hop off point to sort of do a bit do a bit more of stuff mm. um but 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 none of them had been um you know tried out live so I didn't I, when we when we did that and we finished that I had I had very little appetite to um to take them out and see if they would work live yeah. at all and also they all existed in their sketch environments and the advantage to pub yeah. landlords he does not exist in the sketch of this that you know the sketch if you want to call it that and that's what cab drivers go you can use this in one of your sketches they go, I, don't, I don't do sketches what are you talking about <laughs> but, but but the audience are the other character in the sketch of the pub landlord so there's as it were so there's no 
but you know because i had this <laughs> I had this it, and it was completely based on someone i once stayed with right so i had my first girlfriend when i went to university lo lo this lovely lovely woman and um and she was from Bradford on Avon or somewhere like that. And, I've, and I think I don't remember exactly where she's from because it's been basically blasted from my memory by what happened. But, but so we go, we go for a weekend after Christmas. And um, in the morning, he sort of bounds down and goes, I heard you two at it last night. God, that much. And you're like, God, fucking hell. She was having a fine old time. Both oh of you were, and you're, like, and you're like, "Oh my god, Jesus fucking Christ!" Right? So, <laughs> so I, and you know, I, 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 and I was—I don't know—I was nineteen, twenty. I was—I was a different, different. I was a different person then, like the person in the photo, and yeah. um, and uh, and I was mortified by it, but basically stored that up. So we did him on the. Another load of sketches with, with him, bur you know, bursting in and going, you need to try this sex toy. <laughs> <laughs> Ghastly, right? And the thing is, is, I thought that was really funny and I really liked the idea of it, but I, how you do that live, I just don't know. Yeah. And the thing is, is one of the things is, I'm because uh, I've cracked one character live, doesn't mean I have the answers to how on earth you do anymore. <laughs> and it, and, it's, and it took, it's taken me... You know, I still don't think I quite know what I'm doing. It's taken me 30 years to get to the point where I am now. God, fuck. You know, I don't want to start again. So, then, so yeah. I, and the thing is, is if we'd, if we'd done another series, there would have been an, surely been an opportunity to tour some of them because mm. people would have trusted the characters. You know, it's the trust oh, thing. Yeah. They didn't know what they didn't know what they were going to get and they, they, we'd have been able to do it. But, but um, yeah, I do. I, you know, I've always, I've always wondered, I mean, I've, only done a t couple of tiny acting jobs. I've always fancied acting, but you know the the phone never rings, and um, I'm very busy. So it kind yeah. of there it is. I, you know, I don't want to offer my Hamlet or anything, but I could probably do a good bottom. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> but, I've, but it's been yeah. I mean, you've been doing it. Where, how did you get started? Well, I got started. I went to um, uh, I went to Oxford. So I'm one of these Oxbridge toffee nose. Uh, fucking comedians and uh, and on my first day at university I met Stuart Lee and Richard Herring in the music room at, at the college I was at because I had a drum kit and I was taking it down to the down to the cellar there yeah. and they said oh we're doing a comedy show next you know I said who are you two so well, we're doing a comedy show next week and I said oh right there's comedy is there because I didn't know and there was a thing someone had a someone had a fortnightly thing where you could turn up and do stuff and you had to write new stuff every week. Um, you weren't allowed to recite Monty Python, which is what basically everybody was doing yeah. in 1987. You weren't allowed to do that. You weren't allowed to do Mr. Creosote. You weren't allowed to do, you know, half a crowd for an old ex-leper. You weren't allowed to do any of that stuff. You had to write your own thing. And it was run, it was run by a guy called Tony Brennan, who's no longer with us. He's a lovely, lovely, lovely bloke who died, died two, three years ago. Or three years ago. Everything happened in 2019. And um, he, he ran this thing. And I, I went along to that and I bullied some mates into forming a little sketch group. And then we just did that every fortnight and then put on a show in our second term. And basically I started thinking, this is, I think, probably what I want to do. Yeah. But I have no idea how on earth I do it. Because everything I'd been sort of primed for up to that point was, I don't know, being a lawyer or being a civil mm. servant or whatever. You know, and there's no, yeah. there's no stand-up comedy exam like there's no like civil service exam. There's no, you know, there's no job interview. Blah blah blah, all that. So I, and I kind of thought, 
Well, there are four stand-up comedians. There's Billy Connolly, there's Ben Elton, Rick Mail does something, but I don't think it's stand-up, and then there's Kelly Monteith, but I haven't seen much, and Jasper Katz of five people. Yeah. Exactly. And, and Victoria Wood. And you kind of think, well, there's six people. Those jobs have all been taken. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, the Victoria Wood job's been taken. You know, like, so... So so how do I do this? And basically, it was by going, you know, going to the fringe. And I went to the fringe in um, 1988 with a with a um, with a sketch troupe with a kids show. We were in a kid. We were wow. in a kids show and we did our own little sketch troupe. And then we did following year, 1989, in, a, in a, an Oxford review show that Richard, that Stuart Lee directed and was declared as the worst show on the fringe by the Independent and the Observer, <laughs> which is a real, which is a real bad badge of pride for us. Oh yeah, and it didn't put us off. And then I, and then I sort of, um, I had this other act doing sound effects and stuff, and I just sort of got into going on the circuit. And but I mean, you know, I've got a nineteen-year-old, and she's at drama school and all this, and I just the sheer difference. And I know this is like my dad going on about the fifties right now. This, yeah. we're in, we're in an absolute parallel. <laughs> well, what it was like at the end of fifties is you could get a job for life. And I'm like, well, no. And I remember in the eighties going, the end of the eighties going. There are no fucking jobs for life anymore, Dad. What are you talking about? But basically, you could move to London and live in West Nord or somewhere for I don't know, 120 quid a week. Yeah. And you could claim housing benefit if you're unemployed. Um, you know, there was no such thing as UC. Some people got a small business allowance to set themselves up for stand-up comics. I remember Rich Herring did that. He Bloody went hell. to the, yeah, and you could, and that's why you know my my generation is awful. A lot of people with fake names is because they were all signing on, uh, and it was the only way to get started. Of course, and and it was all just so much. There were more clubs because there were more clubs, and they did all pay. I know they all still pay the same as they did in 1991, <laughs> but <laughs> there were more clubs, and um. you could you could you could just you could just hammer the circuit and get good. And there were, you know, there were like 50 gigs a week that you could, you could do, you know, that you could ring yeah. the bloke in, you know, the bloke or woman in timeout, you get timeout, you look at the list, there's no internet. So you look at the list of clubs, phone numbers of the venues, you'd ring them, they, you get the promoter's number. Hello, cut <laughs> lots of cold calling. Hello, my name's Al Murray. I, can I get an open spot, please? Yeah. You know, all that. But, but you could afford it. It was much, 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 much more affordable coming to London. And that's the, I think that. That is the, essentially the the difference. Not a lot of people work two jobs, you know. Not a lot of people. There were some people who were sort of teachers and stuff, but not a lot of people would work would work a job as well as being a comic back in the back back in those days because London was just so much cheaper. It was all just so that was all so much easier. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's the problem it's now. A, it's, it's a just, fucking shame. Yeah, it's such a. It's really difficult now to. There are there aren't many comics that don't have a second job now. It's it's yeah. You know, it's just, and it's because of the price of travelling as well. It's become, it's going to become regional again because you can't go anywhere. So you're going to end up with yeah. London comics and yeah. comics, and and that's a real shame. Yeah. It is a real shame. Yeah. So I don't. Well, I mean, uh, well, and well, then it'll become the new normal, and then and then there'll be a thing where people people. I mean, what people will now be saying is you don't need to go to London. You can do it. Yeah, that is if, what if, they if, say. If, yeah. You know, which is which is you know, maybe, maybe for the better as well. So, but, but, but you could afford to go to London is my point. You yes. could do it. It was, it wasn't impossible, but you know, all those, you know, I lived in West Norwood and then I lived in, uh, Tooting and I lived in, then I lived in a bit of Clapham and I lived in Peckham, Rye, not Peckham. Um, where was it? 
uh, East Dulwich, but in the Peckham end. And mm. all those places have now like they've all been gentrified to the max. Oh god, yeah. And you wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to do, you wouldn't be able to do it. So I mean I don't know. I mean it. Anyway, that's the that's the thing that really strikes me about the the mass. You know, because when I say to my daughter, "Oh, you you want to you do you want to get some stage time?" She looks at me like I'm mad. <laughs> well, you've it's all seen about stage the, time, love. <laughs> you've seen the fringe change as well, though, over the years. To yeah, what it is now. I mean, it used to be comics be writing their shows either at as when they got there or on the train yeah. on the way up. Yeah, and now it's, it used to that, be brilliant. You know, the Everyone's sat in a bar at the Pleasance, um, going, have you written yours yet, sort of thing. And go, oh, well, I've, I've written 45 of it. Well, I don't know how I'm going to get to the hour and all that. <laughs> and then a lot of people would, and, you know, because it's the Stone Age, right, a lot of people would have um, <laughs> would uh, put have some slides, right? Because <laughs> be and you'd, you'd, you'd basically, you know, get a quarter of an hour, squeeze 10, 15 out of some slides, um, that you'd that you'd point out and say funny things about and <laughs> <laughs> pad it out, but I mean, it, you know, it was the thing is, is getting up to an hour was more difficult. So there were there were le- again there were less opportunities. To, you know, th- that seems to have changed a bit. There's more sort of your hen and chickens and things now than they yeah. used to be. So get getting an hour together was mu- was a sort of a bit more difficult. And I used to kind of have two sets that I'd do on the circuit. And I'd do the A set, the B set, and then glue them together in the at the kind of previews I'd get for Edinburgh. Yes. Um, or basically cheat and overrun, and uh, <laughs> you know because there were there was extendeds was a thing. I don't know if it's still the case, but you, where you get to do forty. So basically, you'd get some extendeds in, and then you'd over. I'd overrun and sort of bully bully my way into extra time. <laughs> or or I used to compare. I used to compare a lot and try the modules out because I used yes, to write that's what modular. I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, comparing's yeah. a secret. It's the answer to getting getting really slick because you get you get yeah. to open, you get to close, you get to come on in the middle when they're bored, and you get you get to have, you have to deal with all of the circumstances, you know. Yes, and you get longer on stage. Yeah, I say that to everybody when they, when they, whenever I've been asked advice, I always say that. Yeah, MC, you must MC. Yeah, it'll just loosen yeah. you up and prepare yeah. you for anything yeah. that'll happen in the room. Yeah, that was Frank Skinner's advice to me. He said, just get some comparing work. And you'll be fine. Yeah, and I nice. think I used to do a bit of that with the pub landlord, and it and it worked really well because you'd be in a, you'd be in a club in a pub, and it would like it would just sort of it would make sense, you know. It would yeah. it would fit the make the evening sort of smell of something, you know. Yeah, yeah, Spilt yeah. Beer mainly, but <laughs> it was interesting what you said earlier when we were talking about how comedians are sort of perceived like this kind of. We we exist for twenty minutes, half an hour, an hour on stage. Yeah. That's when we're at our happiest, and the rest yeah. of the time we're we're fashioning a noose out of the <laughs> out of the curtain ties. You know, it's just... <laughs> and it's not like you say it's not like that. it's like everybody. We have our ups and downs, don't we? We have our days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I, I mean I think, although I you know I'm happy to be wrong on this because 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 I don't I mean I don't know everybody, but I think comics are kind of like. That the, essentially the same cross section of people as any given protect profession. So there are there are people who are up, there are people who are down, there are shaggers, there are people who are you know yeah. <laughs> monogamous, there are people who are who are um, interested in money, there are people who are not, you know, there are people who are dreamers, there are people who are hard headed. There's just you know every kind of person actually yeah but the thing they've all got in common dave john said this the thing they've all got in common is they're all slightly touched because they want to go on stage 
They want people to laugh at them. And even the people, because I always think it's really interesting, even the people who are terribly nervous and are throwing up before they go on, they still go on. You know, yeah. they still do it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, and that, that's, the one, that's the one where I go, oh, that's, that's the really interesting one for me. Because I don't like being nervous. And sometimes, every now and again, I get a tiny rare moment where I'm like, where I'm nervy, because, mainly because it's new stuff and I don't know it, or I'm rusty, and I get a yeah. little, like, tremor and anxiety but but it's the people who like like i say the people who are like vomiting and you sort of think well don't do it then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's not a, for you don't you. have to do this it's not for you or or, or if it is for you ah you poor <laughs> bastard <laughs> but I, I, yeah i, I remember in, in, in the first lockdown and uh a brilliant comic paul perry i was talking to him and he yeah. said oh the thing is rich we need we need the stage. We need the applause. We need the... And I was like... Yeah. It was the first time I realised, I'm like, I don't need it. I like it. Yeah. Well, and I like... I love doing what I do. But I don't need it. And that was the difference. Well, you know what? You know what? That's... That's really... That really touches on something I went... I went, th I went through a lot of this during the pandemic. Because mm. um, when the first... When it first came, the first one came. I was about to go back out on road and give on the road and give the 2019 Lemon one final squeeze, right? <laughs> and uh, and we were literally going to open on the Friday where they, they locked down, so mm. we were doing previews. And there was a preview the weekend before when it was coronavirus was really getting motoring. And I said to my, and I'd been taking the, I thought the whole thing was ridiculous, and because yeah. because of. of a friend of the family was the bloke in the paper who was like patient zero for a bit. The bloke had come back from, from France or whatever. And I'm going, I know the fucking bloke! Or I know a bloke who knows the bloke. I'm like that about it. Like, and then it's like, ah, shit! You know, Western civilization is being switched off for a few months. Anyway, and I said, uh, and I said, I said to myself, well, this is fine. We can stop. I can stop. I can go home. I can be with my family. I can... Yeah. I'm not going to go up and down the motorway. And I said to myself, you know what? You've been doing this a long time. You've had a good ride. You've got everything you could possibly want out of this. And you don't need, you don't need the laughs anymore. You're in your early 50s. You're, 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 you're a complete person. And I t told myself that for quite a long time. And then <laughs> um, you can see where this is going. And then um, <laughs> Math Brown rings me and goes, oh, I've got some gigs down in... Um, Kingston or somewhere like that, um, uh, Hampton Wick or somewhere. Do you want to come down? This is the beer garden. I said, well, I haven't really got any stuff. He said, oh, don't worry about that. You'll be all right. So I came down and did half an hour in a pub garden and I was sky high, like for <laughs> for the rest of the weekend. Like my wife's like, what's wrong with you? And like, oh, God, oh, God, you know, because I got, I'd got, I'd got, I think it's because I got some laughs and I realised, yeah. I mean, maybe it's that it's the satisfaction of a job well done rather than, I desperately need them psychologically. Yeah. But it is, I do absolutely love what I do. And then when we were in the second lockdown, the start of last year, and that was going on and on and on and on and on, I was beginning to think the theatres will all have all gone broke. Mm. The theatres will, it, it's going to be over. And also, if they can't get, because I did a couple of gigs in that autumn, where which were like distance, so you'd have like a third of the people in the, in the venue. You're yeah. thinking, this will never work. This is like economic suicide. This whole thing, we're finished. And I, yeah. I was saying to myself, we're finished. It's over. And that made me really, really, really miserable that second time around. And I was, I was, I was, I was really, really down about how on earth, how on earth the world was going to work out um, after that, uh, 
because of that during that second lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought they're never they're never going to get this vaccine up. Don't be ridiculous. It's not being done. you know. I was really like I was really like cynical about that. They'll never mm. be able to do that. And obviously, what they did was they pumped so much money into it they solved the problem, which is <laughs> which is kind of proof that if you pump tons of money into something, you can solve a problem. Which uh, you know, don't 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 tell the government that did that. What do you do? Um, <laughs> but. but, uh, but, but you know what I mean? I mean yeah. So I was so I was so miserable. I was completely blue. Um, you know, March, April of last year, and thought it's over. It's over. It's finished. Yeah. And not even that you had a good runway. Like it's over. It's finished. And you love this. And you love this life. And it's fucked. And I, I was, I was, you know, I thought we were. I thought I thought we were done for. I really did. Yeah, true. I did. And we there was that gig that we did at the Clapham Grand. And you were emceeing it with my ex-partner, Jade. And you yeah. were, there was no audience in the room, just the crew doing the cameras. And, and yeah. there were no, you could, didn't know it, there was no feedback. Because that's the thing, you yeah. don't know if you're doing well or not. And I, I did a, a similar gig at the Bill Murray to no yeah. one, not even the crew right minding the cameras, they were downstairs. I was in a room Christ. in a pub. <laughs> right. It wasn't until after, and people messaged me, and went, mate, that was all right, that was good, it was good. And you go, but I just didn't, I still enjoyed it, and I still yeah. It was uh, there was a sense of achievement having done it. I yeah. think it might be the yeah. same thing with the Clapham Grand. You can't. Yeah, know. yeah, no, definitely, well, definitely. And there were, you know, it was th there was also that kind of, um, you know, comedians all in the lifeboat together. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, it's your turn to paddle. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I did a couple. I, I ended up doing a lot of stuff with James Gill with Always Be, where we would do a we Brilliant. would do a thing on a Monday Monday night, do a quiz on a Monday night. And we did that for weeks and weeks, months and months and months, and it was really good fun. And that became like a little trusted group, you know, yeah. with twenty five people on the screen and all of us, all the in jokes up and running, and, and it was really good fun. Um, because I did I did one really early on one one of those Zoom gigs where I'm looking down the looking like like here in my costume with the green screen, looking down the <laughs> looking down the lens to nothing. <laughs> and then you'd see that you'd see that oh he's, uh, this is a bit shit coming up in the corner of your eye up on the side <laughs> oh, of the screen no. I think <laughs> why have I agreed to this I don't, need, I don't need un I don't need 40 quid <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember doing one and it was uh, so I don't someone had their screen off but not their microphone yeah, yeah. and I'm doing my thing <sighs> and I'd be going for about five six minutes and I just hear his voice go oh god <laughs> I was like, all right, mate. <laughs> um, but what was funny as well, when people were commenting about your hair, after when you came yeah. out as the pub landlord, <laughs> it doesn't work, he's got hair. Go, what's he supposed to do? Yeah, I wasn't going to cut it off for one evening <laughs> in six months. <laughs> oh, but this has been yeah, great. I mean, it, oh, yeah, it's on. been an absolute pleasure. Great, mate. It's been lovely. I'm going to ask you this. What is your favourite mm. tank? If you had to pick one. Oh, that's a good question. Would be I would favorite? say um, a Sherman Firefly. Yeah? Yeah. Because it, it's, well, because it's the standard, because it's this thing where um, they adapt the Sherman, the M4 Sherman, the British adapt the M4 Sherman, put a much bigger anti-tank gun on it to deal with Tiger tanks. And basically, the, the way they do it is so ingenious. They turn the gun on its side. The, 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 just the, the, the thinking that goes, the thinking that goes into it, and they deliver yeah. it bang on time, and it and it changes things quite dramatically when it arrives in Normandy in 1944. And I just love it because it's because there's always this idea that the um, 
Uh, the, about this, this sort of received idea about the signal. The silly old British needed rescuing by everyone else and they couldn't do mm, things yeah. themselves. They were bad at technology and all that. It's just not true. It's just not true. No. And so you've got a little example there. And it's also like, it's an American machine, but the British go, actually, we can, we can make that a whole lot better. And they do. And that, that's yeah. why I like it. I yeah. find that sort of thing fascinating when the, the, the thinking behind all kind of engineering, when I see machines that make, I don't know, like make pasta or something, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Think that it might, the, the thing went in there and then that came up and then that went over the thing and yeah that me mechanized manufacturing is amazing we because you know I um, I have a drum drum company that makes drum kits right? yeah um, uh, and we have we have a CNC machine you know which is the which is the which is a, 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 a an automated cutting machine right right so basically you put a JPEG into it like a 3D JPEG into it and you press off it going it goes and this blades going and out the other end comes this sort of perfectly carved you know it could be anything it can be a wardrobe it can be a, just a small thing and it, it just uh, how 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 did someone think of that how did they get it to work why doesn't the blade come flying off and cut me in half uh, how did you know that just all the basically i mean you know obviously I've found my lane and we're better off me not trying to work out manufacturing processes <laughs> and the manufacturing people are probably better off not doing stand up. But, but it's that thing. I, I'm in awe of that sort of stuff, completely yeah. in awe of it. And the, and the, the thinking that goes into it and, and then what you can do with it, like the, what you can, what you can get out the other end. I mean, I'm about, I keep meaning to buy a 3d printer. A mate of mine's got a 3d printer and apparently they are the, they are the shit. Oh, really? <laughs> if you well, yeah, just as a sort of like, what can I make today? How can I completely distract myself from um, <laughs> from from the things I need to? I know what you know. You can and you can make anything with them. You, if you've got a three D rendering of it, you you put it into the machine and it goes go. You know, you leave it overnight. And in the morning, you've got your your mug that's a dragon or whatever. <laughs> but I think this is a sign of my age as well. Now I love watching videos of those things being made. Like the other day, I watched a video of I think it's a split pin. It looks yeah. like a looks like the top of a shepherd's like an old shepherd's like staff with the bit. Yeah. It looks like a musical like a clef or a clef, whatever it is. And I watched this machine yeah. just make this split pin. Fascinating, yeah. and it's still to no, this it's all that is all yeah. that is. I could, there, there, there's every now and again on Facebook someone will put up a thing, you know, and it just shows endless things being manufactured, being bent into shape, or like yeah. you know fence posts being flipped in on themselves or curled round and punched yes. and, and it just it's just it's just amazing and in the thousand repetitiously as well that's yeah 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 <laughs> i mean i could you know you make one of those but like you know <laughs> <laughs> that'd be my day dad if that's it just yeah but al yeah. this has been lovely um you're gonna Likewise. be up here aren't you yeah, yeah at the end of the month uh, i think the 22nd of the 29th i think is the plan although we may we may add add some in i'm not sure um we're not sure about that yet um uh because i because basically I'm, I, I love the fringe so much. I just, I, I, I sort of, um, I like just walking around it, sort of being moved by the, I'm moved by the whole thing when I'm around it. I know, I know what I'm supposed to say is it's not as good as it used to be. It's got too big. It's too commercial. I know I'm supposed to say all those things, but I can never bring myself to actually to, uh, to say that any of that stuff because you look at all those people engaged it we're all supposed to be engaged with the arts we're supposed to think they're a brilliant thing and that's what you've got that's what it is whether it turns out that that means you end up with some sort of insane behemoth that can't be controlled and that it's costing everyone a lot of money that's a different question but um 
you know, just the, it's a boulevard of dreams. It's the most beautiful thing. It's the greatest show on earth. You are. And with that in mind, I'm going to go and fling myself off into it. Thanks, Al. <laughs> it's a pleasure, mate. Lovely to talk to you. Yeah. And you. I'll see you up there. Insane in the membrane. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.